0: Hello and welcome to Switzer TV Investing. I'm Peter Switzer and what a day the stock market down a lot, a real lot. And we'll be talking to Julia Lee from Berman Invest and Michael McCarthy from CMC Markets to see how worried they are. Is this a buying opportunity? And then we'll catch up with Paul Rickard and Charlie Aitken to see if they're worried if there's a buying opportunity. And finally, ST Wong from Prime Value will give us his insights into what he thinks is going on and how he's actually going to play it. This is a very, very difficult day. But the question is, is this the turning point or will it get worse? That's the show. So without any further ado, let's go to Michael McCarthy and Julia Lee. So guys, I've... um I didn't expect the 7.3% fall in the ASX 200. Did either of you expect that kind of thing?
1: No, I mean, those oil price moves that we saw over the weekend um, and this morning have been horrific. And just putting it into context, I mean, it is a historic fall. Um, We we don't see this very often. Mm. In fact, this is the second largest fall that we've seen in the benchmark ASX 200 since it started in 1992. And the only fall that's been higher than that or bigger than that has been um, after Lehman Brothers in 2008 so october 2008 was the biggest one day four that was how big was that uh that was i don't
0: know was that was more than 7.3 percent yes yes okay
1: it was about eight point don't quote me on it i no. think it's about 8.1 well
0: you you quoted yourself because you're on live tv <laughs> and i've seen you do it <laughs> all right michael yeah no, i have got to say a couple of smart guys i know actually called me on saturday after wall street's closed and they said this It could be getting close to the end because the oil price story hadn't come out. What were you feeling on on Friday? Worried, Peter. Because I I do read fundamentals, I listen to
2: economists, I look at the charts, I do all those things. But for me, the thing that really determines what the market's going to do is its own action. The price action tells the story. And as we said last week, Peter, when we see dramatic falls like this on double the average daily volume it's a sign that there's further damage to come. Those straight drops, closing at the lows. So I didn't predict a 7.3% fall today, Peter, but I was expecting further falls because the price action's indicating that.
0: Well, I I hadn't... A couple of my colleagues who are usually more negative than me, like poor Rickard, he was far more positive than I was, which I thought was a a bad indicator when he's more optimistic than me. But I I must admit, I, I didn't expect this, and I but I didn't realise the oil price problem was going to come. But do you think that computer trading and ETFs are actually making the volatility much bigger swings? Because basically, you have, like in our case, if you're, if you're in ETFs, you're dumping the two areas, banks and resources, that are under threat from the stories going on now.
1: Look, I think we are seeing capitulation in terms of the market. And whenever you see capitulation, um, you do see things coming into the picture. You do see momentum traders selling. Um, You see margining happening as well, but look, when you think back to the global financial crisis i think there was a lot more margining happening then i think traders now most have lived through the global financial crisis so they understand um what happens in times of volatility and look i've gone back in time and had a look at volatility and it does tend to cluster when you have a look at those days where we've seen falls of more than six percent four of those were in 2008 during the global financial crisis so usually when you see vo- Magnitudes uh, falls of this magnitude, they do tend to cluster around certain events. Mm -hmm. So, for anyone who's looking uh, at the market as a bargain, my general rule of thumb, as I said last week, is to wait two months because the volatility does tend to take two to three months. But when does the two-month start
0: from today or from when it started, say a couple of weeks weeks ago? So,
1: I'd be looking for opportunities. Um, This is just me Um, from around about May. and r- really, we're still waiting to see how the coronavirus develops mm. because uh, that's at the core of the market's concern at the moment. Um, but generally... So you're not
0: shopping for, for stocks yet? Or are you watching watching and if something's ridiculous, you would buy
1: I don't catch falling knives, Pete. Um, no. If you know me by now, um, I... But what, what's wrong catching
0: falling knives? Are you a of cat or something? I, I,
1: I can't <laughs> sleep at night. <laughs> I think in this type of environment, capital preservation is key. And look, we talk about the financial impacts, but there's going to be uh, a lot of real world impacts yeah. here as well. So. Yeah. You've got to feel for retirees who are going to find it hard to find a yield in terms of term deposit. Any contractors out there, there's going to be a fair bit of pain there.
0: Macca, if uh, Donald Trump brings up um, the sheik and says, hey, cut this out. This is really going to ruin the world and my election chances. Yeah, would the sheik do as he's told?
2: and would that be good for markets? I'm a markets guy, Peter. I'm staying out of politics. But if Vladimir Putin turned around tomorrow and said, hey, we need to deal with Saudi Arabia. Because
0: the last time they had that sort of loggerhead thing, markets went down. I remember it was on my TV show talking about, hang on, I'm an economist here, lower oil prices should be good for the economy, but stock markets kept falling. As soon as those cutthroats got together and and cracked the deal, up the market went. Is that a story you recall?
2: Yes I do. Uh, And it's remarkable because Economics 101 tells us inputs go down, company profits go up. It should be a positive for the market. But the markets instead take in as a signal of weak demand. Right, and that, it, it really was just a spark today. I don't really think the oil price was that important to market thinking, but when you see a market, a global market move 30%, it makes people think something unusual is going on. I
0: think that's why we sort of panicked today. Yeah. And, and do you think there are a lot of people who say, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting the idea
1: um, look, I think we saw the fear uh, from a, a few weeks back, and yeah. I think this has just escalated that the fear that we are seeing. I guess looking at oil prices, it does act like an interest rate cut um, for consumers, yeah. but the thing to remember is that some economies are net exporters of oil and some are net importers of oil, and unfortunately for Australia, we're net exporters of oil. So. Uh, It doesn't
0: show it at a bowser when we go to buy it, but still, you're right.
1: Well, you'd have to feel for Caltechs, you'd have to think that that takeover offer is probably under threat at the moment, given what we've seen in terms of the oil price. Mm. And look, the huge market reactions we've seen in terms of those oil companies today, oil search was down a huge 35% in one session. But Macca,
0: unfortunately, you're not very old, you haven't had much experience (laughs) in the market. But... For our investors who aren't short-term investors, you don't have to impress anyone in the short run, why wouldn't they look at these great oil companies and say, well, I'll take a three-year view that you know um, Santos is going to be a little bit better, and um, what else? Um, Woodside. Woodside, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oil Surge,
2: yeah. Beach Petroleum, all uh, got hit very hard today. Yeah. All top five. So well,
0: you're the kind of guy who, who does actually buy... I'm going to have to admit. I, I don't say not now necessarily. I bought some Oil Search today. Probably. Okay.
2: Yeah, okay. at $3.50. I, I said, knew yeah, I'd get yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's far enough. Now, I, do, I have cover for my portfolio. I do own put options, yeah. so I've got room under that know, cap you, that they you give you me. You
0: told us three or four weeks ago... Before it, it happened. It was uh, $17,000 for yeah. 95% insurance on the million-dollar portfolio. Well,
2: that, that option's now worth 12 times that, Peter. So Isn't anybody who spent that $17,000 yeah. now has an option worth... 200 and something like thousand dollars. Yeah. That's a nice offset to a 20% full yeah, portfolio. Just,
0: just going to show you that I don't recruit dummies for my show. <laughs> Isn't that good? Imagine I didn't say that.
2: But I couldn't resist buying All Search today, Peter. Yeah. It just at $3.50. Yeah. Now, it then traded down to three twenty seven dollars and said, in your face, McCarthy, yeah. but that's okay. It doesn't matter. I'm buying it for my super, for the long term, yeah. and for me, that was the level, the right level to talk. And up. that's
1: a, a really good point. You know, you have your short-term basket, you have yeah. your medium-term basket, and you have your long-term basket. And yeah. in the long term, say, in another four, Six years' time, are we really going to be looking back at the coronavirus? Are we still going to be talking about the coronavirus and the impacts, or is this a potential opportunity? Yes, volatility usually takes about two to three months to work itself out, but if you're looking at that longer time frame, you'd have to be looking at it as a potential opportunity.
0: Well, look, I I looked at my own Switzerland Growth Fund, it copped it today, Uh, but it's a real safe kind of investment. It rebounded to 270, now it's now about 223 or something like that. But like Magellan, Magellan has been co- copying it. And we know what, what a great fund manager he is, but you know, th- th- that's gonna be a buying opportunity for someone who wants to wait the, the medium term.
1: Yeah, and don't forget that dividends do act as a buffer to the volatility. Yeah. If your companies are still making stable cash flows, and you're still getting paid out those dividends, yeah. you get them paid out regardless of whether the market goes up or down.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And that's why I like the safety of dividends. Yes, Well,
2: ma'am. the other thing is too, if somebody's got a diversified portfolio across assets, they'd have been, had a big win in their bond portfolio Correct. today, with the US, Australian 10-year bonds trading to their lowest yield ever. Yeah. So that that's the power of diversification, it's a tool that all investors can use, from the smallest to the largest and those have employed it carefully across the assets classes haven't done as badly as. okay I'm not gonna let you guys
0: leave until you give me you give me one stop or another one from you but uh, when you eventually stop worrying about falling knives what are the companies that have really copped it that you want to be Buying.
1: Well, I'm mostly in cash at the moment, yeah. but I have held on to a few stocks. One's a yeah. gold stock, so just holding one, a gold, and uh, ResMed as well. Right. The fact is that the Aussie dollar is under pressure, so those companies making a lot of their earnings yeah. offshore, okay. they're going to benefit from that. Yeah, up. but I'm
0: also yeah. going to push you, because these are what my, my viewers be thinking. Wait a minute, Afterpay, zero, these are all beautiful, love tech stocks. Today they're, hated. Hey, probably not zero as much as Afterpay. But should people think about buying these for a year's time?
2: Wisetech's on my list.
0: I, I've started drawing
2: list. Well, you are, You are courageous <laughs> well, it, right. it has been doing badly lately. It, it's been belted. It's and there are stock-specific issues too around uh, its acquisitions and whether or not they've been well integrated and valued properly. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of moving parts to Wisetech, and I'm yeah. certainly not jumping in now. But it's, it's one on my radar. Long term, I really like it. By the way, as we recover from... Uh, the impact of the coronavirus, logistics groups could do very well uh, if there's pent-up demand. So uh, I'm keeping that one there. Polynovo, the um, uh, skin technology group, that's another one on my wish list. CSL's there, but I don't think it's going to get cheap enough for me to buy it. Did crack $300 today, though. Even the mighty CSL fell. So that's how bad market conditions are. And, And I've got a number of blue chips on there. Uh, Which I'll load back up on at the right time. Give me a nice. No, no. Come on. Well, BHP, CBA. Um, I'll be getting back into a market. Weighted portfolio at some stage, but I'll wait until the market tells me that it's the right time to move.
0: One more, Julian.
1: Uh, and during market times of market turbulence, we have high beta and low beta. You've been talking about the high beta stocks like Afterpay and Wise Tech, and they do fall more than the market. The low beta stuff tends to be a little bit more safety from the storm. We have seen rain, some of those agricultural stocks um, should do a bit better, so Elders has still held up fairly well here, Ingham's has held up fairly well here as yeah. well. Um, so having a look at some of those stocks like Australian Agricultural Co. They haven't fallen as much of the market, and some of them have yeah. actually made gains in the last now, year.
0: Now, I, I wrote a story for the Switzerland Report today on 10 stocks you hold for 10 years, which I might have pestered you for in a previous um, story I wrote a year ago. But uh, Jeff Wilson went for Breville as a 10 Ooh. year hold. Interesting. What way. do you guys think about Breville?
1: Yeah, I think short-term consumer trends, obviously, are going to come under pressure. But generally, you see a bounce back in terms of demand. So it's probably going to be a 2021 story yeah. rather than a 2020 you, story.
0: It was a stock to hold for 10 years. Yeah, interesting, wasn't it? Mm. The last call was TPG, which you got right to. <laughs> hey, He's got it? a good name for a good reason. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mate, guys, thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you. That's uh, Michael McCarthy, CMC Markets, and Julia Lee from Birmingham Invest let's keep our fingers crossed that things improve over the next week or two. Well it's been a bad day on the stock market, down over 7 percent and we're probably either in or very close to a bear market. Uh, To me it's a big overreaction but i don't think this, this overreaction is going to go away anytime soon let's just see what charlie uh aiken investment management and paul ricard from the switch report thinks about this extraordinary day charlie yeah
3: definitely an extraordinary day one for the history books but i mean you can't lose sight of all that i mean when you run money professionally or you look after it yourself i mean you have to look through these situations and quite frankly look for opportunity yeah. i mean look yeah it's all great to have you know big headlines and etc cetera, et cetera, but i I more broadly think there's opportunity in this, and we'll get to it. Mm. Paul? Look, more than I expected, Peter, coming
4: in today, obviously the, uh, the big unknown, I think, from where we were on the weekend was the oil price and um, how that plays out between the, uh, the Saudis and the Russians. Uh, you know, that's that's a, the big sort of thing we didn't think about last Friday when we looked at the market. So,
0: okay. Now, now, let me actually pretend I'm a normal person. Right. Unless you guys answer it. Some people would say... Uh, The coronavirus hurts a global economy, right, Mm -hmm. through demand and supply problems. Now, along come those cutthroats in Russia and and, uh, Saudi Arabia. And because they're fighting, the cost of a very important cost of production goes down the mine. Something really important becomes cheaper. Why doesn't the world like the idea of cheaper oil?
3: Yeah, well, it will in the long term and the medium term, but in the short term, it crashes the high yield credit market. Okay, That's the that. problem.
0: Explain
3: that. Right. So shale oil gas drillers in America have been very big issuers of debt, yep. your high yield junk debt. That has been. There are a big proportion of the high yield junk markets. Yep. Obviously, a lot of those become insolvent and won't be able to pay their coupons. Yep. Which is a bit rye. You know, you can see the reaction in energy stocks today in Australia. They're down between twenty to thirty percent, mm. including well known household names. Mm. But the problem of why markets are you know, very weak today and it'll probably be a very rough night on Wall Street is the high yield debt markets leveraged to the oil price and the flow through to banks and financials, et cetera, et cetera. So Australia, unfortunately, today, the ASX200, is right in the crosshairs. Yeah. We are banks and resources, basically. Yeah. And the two sectors that will get touched up tonight harder than anything globally will be banks and resources. So, But it it stems from concern about solvency in the high yield debt market. Yeah. Now, look. If it turns out you know, one day from now this is some game between Russia and Saudi and it all calms down, I, I fail to believe that the oil price of $28 has, has much more downside. Yeah. And I think that that's why the next couple of days are going to be hugely interesting in markets. Because yeah. people are going to be forced to sell things that they don't really want to sell. Those with leverage, those with borrowings, those with margin loans. And inside that will be, in my view, some really interesting opportunity. But this is about solvency in the debt markets, the corporate debt markets, and that's what the market's
0: worried about. Well there's a question you might not have the answer to, but I have to ask it. Do you reckon Donald Trump's contacted Putin and uh, the the boss of Saudi Arabia? Well, I'd imagine if I was Donald Trump, I'd be pretty worried. And I'd Uh, imagine there probably are some discussions
4: uh, occurring at... uh, Certainly Trump would be aware of it, whether he's talked to Putin or there's some discussion the going on between the US and the Saudis and the US and Russians. You'd expect there's something happening. I mean, as, as Charlie says, a lower oil price is intrinsically good for everybody. But as we know, there are not just the high yield market. There are you know, big players in the American stock market or oil companies, big players here in resource companies. And we just, markets just can't cope for that sort of change in price. Uh, I, ex- I expect that, that uh, they'll work this out because to date they've been remarkably successful at holding the oil price. Yes, they have. The OPEX and the, and the Russians have done played
0: really good ball together. Uh, last time they fought, Paul, the market was down, wasn't it? When they got a, a solution, the market went up.
4: Yeah, I, I, look, I'll, I'll
0: defer to Charlie. Charlie, remember that? that yeah.
3: but, um, you remember that, Charlie? not not that clearly but look maybe maybe you're just older (laughs) at the end of the day lower oil prices are a tax cut for the world it's Mm. actually another piece of stimulus that's hitting the world markets so you think about it we've got record lows in bond yields today which is good for refinancing mortgages we've got record low cash rates record low You know, we've got stimulus coming. Even the Australian government's talking about a proper stimulus. $10 So what we talked about last week, that the markets are going to swing between hope and fear, hope and fear, absolutely happened last week. And the S&P actually finished up. But every day was a 3% move. Tonight, we're going to get some fear, quite a bit of fear, about contagion from the oil price, you know, what the central bank response is going to be, and the, you know, involve the increasing spread of coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. So you're getting the perfect storm tonight. Solvency issues combined with, you know, Hysteria about a, a, a epidemic. And when you, when you get that, you really actually have to get the chequebook out huh. because there will be a margin of safety in some businesses tonight huh. and that you are getting paid to take the risk. So I'm actually getting, you don't want to sound happy about what's happening, but I'm getting quite excited about the ability to deploy capital in the next few weeks. Okay. I think there'll be some wonderful opportunities. Well, people
0: watching this want you to name some standout ones that you've seen today and think. I'm interested, They're not saying you're going to buy them, but what ones have instantly interested you, Charlie? Well,
3: I mean, I do international equities, so I don't have anything in Australia, but for the first time in five years, the S&P futures are now limit down. They've, they've been, the traded has halted, so people know that, That's, they've halted trading in S&P futures. Yeah. The last time that happened was when Donald Trump was elected and they fell, 5% were halted, and it actually turned out to be one of the best buying opportunities in, in history, yeah. and, the, and the futures actually finished up on the night. I don't think i will finish up on the night tonight, yeah. obviously, but for me, it's about focusing in on companies that are broadly unaffected by all of this, and that have just amazing balance sheets, great businesses, and are going to see it through, but also come out the other side. Yeah. So, what am I looking at tonight? I'll be looking heavily at uh, U.S. large-cap IT tech stocks, yeah. things like Microsoft, Apple, Apple usual suspects, Amazon. You know, they'll get knocked around because they're part—they're equities, yeah. right? And they get—and in the clearance sale, they're equities. But what I'm thinking about is looking at that. I'm going to look in Europe a little bit tonight and see what we can, you know, maybe I'll look at a Louis Vuitton, or something like that, but if I was, you know, I'll defer to Paul to Australia, but Australia is now pretty much down 20% in less than a month, mm-hmm. and for those, you know, seeking domestic exposure, there must be opportunity there. So I'm going to keep it to large cap, dominant global businesses, yeah. but I will say to some listeners out there, viewers out there, if ever it's a chance to get some money overseas, it's right now. Mm-hmm. The average self-managed super fund only has 2% of its money in global equities there is a chance to deploy into global equities into this route or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, you've probably all got enough banks, you've all got enough resources, yeah. but there might be a chance to diversify through all this. And I think that today reminds you of the leverage of Australia to commodities. Yeah. So we've got the Aussie dollar down a couple of percent, we've got the Australian share market down 7%. It just reminds right. you what we are, yeah. albeit, I think... And before I... am
0: going to ask you the stocks you like in a second, but one lo- last thing with Charlie. You mentioned the currency. Yep. It was down to 63. Yeah, where there's it some sort of flash crash where there today. Where is it now? So down about 2%, around 65-ish.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but fair, that, fair enough. Yeah. That is a that is a safety valve for yeah. us, so okay. that's okay.
0: Yeah, but I often use the, the Aussie dollar as the canary in the coal mine. But that is an example of excessive sell-offs, even on the I a think dollar. it
3: was, to be honest, I think it was a flash crash. I think it was something technically... that finger ha- problem. No, something technically happened. It's a low-liquidity... In Asia, the Aussie dollar is not that liquid. So I I think that was some sort of flash crash. But look, these things happen in these dislocating markets where computers are the main market maker. You can have these spreads (laughs) blow out. Anything can happen. And that's why people, you can actually have, there may be the chance in the next few days to buy wonderful businesses at wonderful prices. They're really good.
4: Paul? well, I'll say two comments. First of all, I think some of the defences have held up really well. So that's not what I've now... I would not now be looking for They haven't fallen the defenses, hard enough. Right? They haven't fallen enough, right? But that's so, what defensive so, stocks have so done. that's do. what defensive stocks have done. So you get a rebound, they're not going to go much. So I would now actually put CSL on that same category. Love the stock. Only just at the end do we see a bit of pressure coming in. That's held up so well. So I'd now look at... I think this is the time for the brave, right? So this is the time almost to start to look at resources, nice. right? I'm not saying the oil price is bottomed. Right. Well, BHP is bottom, but this is the time when there's going to be some great bargains around in some of those stocks, right? So, uh, so BHP
0: been, and Rio, you like, or Fortescue? I prefer BHP to, to Rio or Fortescue,
4: right? Um, is BHP uh, down there? 12% or something? It's down 12%, 14% on the day or something, It is, right? it is yeah, awesome it's below part. its buyback price of a couple of years ago. Look, it's a well-run business. It's got lots of cash. It's, right. it's not under any pressure. Um, these Not though these companies are leveraged, right? They're not. They've got almost yeah. no borrowings, right? The the so, banks have copped it. I think some of the banks look all right. I think it's all overblown on the banks. But we get caught up in sort of, you know, the high-yield debt market stuff is going to impact banks. Yeah. It'll much have much greater impact on US banks than it will Australian banks. Their main exposure yeah. is to uh, is, is to mortgages here, right? Domestic mortgages. Property market hit another record peak on the weekend. It's dislo- it, it, The dislocation is yet to come in property. Yeah. Look, they'll, they'll find it a bit hard to borrow money because that's what happened in a flight to security. So, spreads, you know, you, we get a contraction in spreads. Only the best borrowers are able to borrow, so it becomes a bit tougher. They'll have to pay up a little bit more on some of their borrowings. But they're not, you know, so they're getting caught in sort of this idea that there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, businesses going to feel the pressure, and they will but I think we've seen a huge fall in bake. So I'm looking, I know what Charlie said. I think my caution is don't go for the defences there too late, right? They haven't moved yeah. enough. There's right? no point buying uh, defense yep, now, yep, right? Yep, if you no want po- defense, yep, you may yep, as well yep, take your money yep, out of the that's market. Right, yep.
3: To yep. get so, out of equities, you want total defense, yep. but don't bid up defensive equities, in my view. But this, there is this, one- There's the time to be
4: courageous, but yep. go for good businesses that have been really badly in, beaten In an up. Australian
3: and New Zealand context, there is one defensive sector that has been hit very hard, and that's actually the airports for obvious reasons. Yeah. I do think things like Sydney Airport and Auckland Airport in New Zealand are interesting, considering where cash rates are. The other thing worth noting on this day of terrible news or bad market action is firstly, Shanghai Disneyland started to reopen. Mm. Secondly, the South South, uh, Korean infection rate has slowed. And you're starting to see that quarantine works. Mm. So I can't tell you what the oil price is going to be or how the Saudis are going to behave. But quarantine works for this infection. There's no doubt China is starting to reopen. Mm and the Koreans seem to be getting a grip on it. And finally, the Italians have actually quarantined the whole of Lombardy. Mm. So if it gets the worst comes to worst in America, we know what's coming. They're gonna shut down the New York you know, uh, uh, subway, subway system, yeah. they're gonna shut down Disneyland, they're gonna shut it down, right? And then you then you really know. But quarantine does seem to work on this virus. So in amongst all this mess today, there was actually some mild bits of good news in the countries that have experienced the biggest hit from coronavirus the earliest. Mm. And to me, that's really interesting too. The other thing worth not losing sight of, and it is a day to be very clear on what you think, is we will come out of the other side of this, and whenever that is, it might be three months, six months, nine months, I don't know, but it, we will come out the other side of it. We will have the lowest interest rates in history, the lowest bond yields on history, massive fiscal stimulus, and potentially an energy price that's very low too. It is also worth remembering, on Friday, the US confirmed that they had added 273,000 jobs in February. Better than expected, but also the previous months had been revised up. Pre this virus, the US economy was in rare, excellent shape. Just really, really good shape. So don't lose sight of how we came into this. This is not the GFC. Banks now have 13% tier one capital, not 4%. They can see this through. Mm -hmm. Can their share prices be volatile? Of course they can, but they can see this through. This is not a financial crisis. Yes, there's going to be pockets of distress in the high yield bond markets. I get that. You bought junk, you get junk. Remember, viewers, high yield generally means high risk. Mm -hmm. So be careful with that. And the other thing I will be certain of is if we are sitting here in one year or two years from now. I will guarantee you that the best equities or the right equities will smash the return on cash. There is also a scenario here where you come out the other side with so much liquidity swashing around that equities do really, really, really well. And I think that is not a, a, a ridiculous scenario.
0: So, no, Particularly where term deposits are.
3: Yeah, stocks. But it's also. The world, this all happened so quickly now, Paul. Mm. Like Australia I, I, just I, fell twenty no, percent.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of us on Friday night when yeah. we saw what happened to Wall Street on, on Friday night expected the market to be down seven and a half percent or seven point four percent today, right? Yeah. We didn't know about the oil issues a few other things, but even the reaction I find is, is just is over the top. It's over the top today, which we I suppose to you know you got to remember Australia, Melbourne was on holiday. Yeah. It's a, it started a thin day. It's it's Monday, which is always the hardest day because it's Sunday in the in the in Who the. So we the so who would have thought we would missed the Victorians? Who would have thought we would have missed the Victorians? But, uh, <laughs> but, we're cl- we're but we opened bit. bad and we went bad all They'll the day be buying and all any order. better and Asia's joined in. So we can actually say we've actually sort of partly helped led, led the world down. But uh,
3: It's interesting. Now the region was reasonably discerning in what it did. China was discerning. Yeah, China did Banks better than hammered. You know, resources hammered. Obvious, obvious. Still consumer stocks a bit, you know, yeah. those are the very pointy end under pressure. But it, it, it actually made sense relative to the news what was happening. But to me, the opportunity sets you know, overseas tonight. It could be a very messy night tonight, yeah. Pete. There's no doubt about that. Personally,
0: I'll be waiting a few more days to see this work out. I hope to see a, a bottom um, formed and we start climbing out. But I think I'll be buying Switzerland Switzer Dividend Growth Fund, mate. Yeah, that's, uh, it's well, been, it, been clobbered today and it's a, it's a nice little dividend. My return. only
3: bit of advice to everyone, it doesn't matter, you do whatever you want that suits you, whatever you feel comfortable with. But you've got to come out the other side of this in equities with the absolute best portfolio you could have. Yeah. Resist the temptation to buy junk. Very good companies are on sale. Mm-hmm. Very good companies will be around one year, two years, five years, ten years from now. Don't be tempted to buy rubbish. This is the chance to buy the best equities in the world and locally. And that does not that window does not stay open for that long.
0: Charlie I can Investment Management and Paul Ricard from the Switcher Report. So I'm talking to S.T. Wong from Prime Value. He's a portfolio manager. And I've got to ask you a question, S.T., how worried are you about this morning's sell-off of the stock market?
5: Well, Pete, it's um, obviously quite disconcerting given the price actions we've seen. Um, a lot of it, I think, at the moment is uh, fear and that's causing a lot of sell-down in the market. I'm personally quite in- interested in what's going to happen next week or two that would, that would help me determine if this is going to be a bigger issue than what we're seeing in the short-term selling perspective, Pete.
0: Yeah, so last week the, the big fear was around coronavirus, and my argument was I wasn't prepared to buy and start, until I started seeing some improvement in the infection and death rates. Um, but this is a new curveball. Um, it seems to me it's, it's the oil price headlines or, oil price wall headlines that have hurt the market today. Is that a fair call?
5: Um, that's, I think, on, on the ball, Pete. You know, that, that certainly contributed to um, the sentiment on the negative side of things. Um, I think what's also compounding this effect is obviously commodity prices are generally quite weak. Um, coming into the weekend, I was generally quite comfortable. Um, the oil price is obviously a concern that I'm bearing at the moment. I'm trying to work out uh, what exactly is happening um, on all fronts? But Pete, to put it all into a framework, and that's how I think about uh, the situation at the moment, is to boil down to three simple, I guess, questions I'm asking myself. Um, first of all, uh, the trajectory of global economic growth: how is that going to go? Whether stabilizing, accelerating, or you know, kind of decelerating. The second question, Pete, is obviously um, the perspective of governments. Um, central banks, uh, the role of governments in uh, stimulating the economies around the world. How is that going to play out? And finally, from my perspective, is um, how patient am I going to be in all this? Because um, it, from my perspective, is uh, I think if I'm patient enough, um, I think we will see the market recover, economic actually recover, and that's that's my perspective of things at this juncture.
0: Okay, so I, I presume, even though. You might not be doing it today. Well, maybe you are. You'd be trawling through what stocks have been clobbered, trying to look for companies that you want to hold for the medium term to long.
5: Yeah, absolutely, Pete. Um, I kind of break into three buckets, right? Um, The obvious stocks which have been, I guess, clobbered, as you suggest. um, Obviously, frontline stocks, anything to do with logistics, um, travel, um, that's obviously been clobbered, and that's bucket number one. And Eventually, uh, things will recover, and certainly that's a bucket to watch for. The second bucket is obviously the second derivatives, um, um, I guess, bucket or category. Um, companies involved in financial services, their concerns, that liquidity is becoming scarce, and that's affecting banks, um, financial institutions. Companies which depend on the market, such as uh, fund managers, for example, um, and companies which are dependent on the market to raise money, to fuel, to fuel their growth—that's second. That's the second bucket. The third bucket is probably where I think the most comfort level in finding companies which are just uh, tracking along, but hardly affected by what's happening globally. Um, companies such as Amcor, in my view, uh, steadfast in the insurance broking industry, and even Australian Finance Group and the mortgage brokers, for example. These have just come off like 20, 30% quite easily. Um, so these are the kind of companies I'm kind of gravitating to at this moment.
0: Yeah, okay, so when, when do you think that you'll feel comfortable to start you know, picking up some of the companies that you think have been oversold?
5: I think it really boils down to two key factors, right? Uh, one is obviously if I'm patient enough some of these companies will recover, and companies such as Amco at $13. Uh, I think will be quite comfortable picking such companies up easily. Um, the second broader question is, of course, um, when is the market going to change direction? Right? When is the sell-off going to end? And it's going to be a broader perspective, and I guess the key signals I'm watching for, uh, really boiling down to, I guess, two or three key points, is, first of all, containment of the virus situation. I think that will put everyone at ease. And certainly companies, uh, rather governments kicking in, we're seeing RBA cutting interest rates, um, government coming through stimulus, um, Aussie government coming through stimulus possibly as soon as this week. So that will help the market stabilize and begin a recovery prospect, in, in, in my opinion. So that's when I start to be much more comfortable. Uh, if I had $100 to play with, I probably won't use my bullet at, at one go i might stage it on a you know 30 percent in one scenario and another 30 uh, percent going forward so that's how i would be playing the market in at this point
0: yeah w- would you be waiting for a bottom to be formed in this excessive sell-off before you actually started to buy
5: as we saw in the last uh, you know 12 months we're never going to pick the top and we're never going to pick the bottom so I think that's a fair uh, approach to, to take. And if that's the case, and you know, kind of splitting my bullet into three is probably a sensible way of picking up stocks and getting exposure to market as the, as the sell-off uh, normalizes or kind of troughs.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Amcor and Steadfast. What about a company like Qantas that was really flying high, and has really been clobbered but still remains... a a wonderful airline, is that going to be a possible buy for you?
5: Absolutely. Um, As I mentioned uh, earlier, Pete, um, it really falls into the first bucket of companies which have gusted clobbered because they are on the front line of, I guess, the virus situation. And it really remains uh, that Qantas remains a fairly solid company. Um, and I think it will rebound quite strongly once things start to normalise from my perspective. So, yes, um, in an absolute perspective, quarters will look fairly interesting.
0: Okay. At what price would you start doing handstands for CBA and, and, and go in and buy some?
5: Well, Peter, I was just looking at CBA this morning. A was turning at $73. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's still quite on the high end of things where valuations are concerned. Now, I know the yield's looking very attractive. I think it's probably yielding about 6% at this point, which is great uh, with rates coming off and, you know, go, probably going lower. You know, I think going back to where we were, again, if I were to overlay where the GFC is concerned, if I see some of these companies drop off, the banks specifically, drop off 20 30, 35%, I think that's where my... I guess threshold of interest start to pick up um, and I might lose another, I don't know, maybe 10% from there on, but that's fine if I'm patient enough because in, I think when this kind of normalizes in 12, 24 months time, I think I should be ahead where a company like CB is concerned.
0: Excellent, mate. Thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks, Pete. That's this T. Wong from Prime Value. And before i go i just love to invite you to our investor strategy day and we're going to have the former treasurer and ambassador to washington joe hockey coming in from washington joining us via skype and we're going to talk to him about the upcoming u.s election the fact he plays golf with donald trump and also the coronavirus and of course the oil price collapse which we've seen recently mr hockey um, will be uh, joining us and we'll get, and you'll get a chance to ask some questions as well We're going to be in Sydney on Tuesday, the 17th of March, Melbourne, Tuesday, 24th of March, and Brisbane on Wednesday, the 25th. Tickets are strictly limited and will sell out, so secure yours at the link in the description of this week's episode, and we look forward to seeing you there.